but I don't think it was their attitude or anything to do with his 54 hole game with shorts. Um, uh, it was that had nothing to do with like, it had to come here. It was, it was a chance. It was a, a, a point where the PGA tour, and I guess in conjunction with DP world tour said, this is going to be a brutal ass fight. There might be an opening here. Let's just do away with that thing and get the money for ourselves. And that seems to me what happened, but we will see as the story unfolds. Uh, you know, Occam's razor says that yeah. the simplest explanation yeah. is usually the, the right one. I would, I would wait what your ass on Occam's razor, but a good friend of mine that we lost a few months ago, unfortunately was, was my Occam's razor guy. And we always love talking that. So I'm well, with you on that. I won't even wait what you on that. It would have been a good sure. time for it, but yeah, I had a couple of wait what moments, and you and I served them up, and you didn't take any of them. I, we're, we're getting we're getting out of practice. Well, you know, I, I expect a lot out of you. It's got to be it's got to be big. At least I acknowledged um, that that could have been one. I mean, I'm I expect I expect them big things from you, Tim. All right. Well, thank you. I All right. I, I hope I don't disappoint too much. No. Welcome to Wait What? Sports Biz Chat with DP and McGee, the podcast that takes an often irreverent, occasionally cynical, and at times even a serious look at the business of sports. I'm your co-host, David Paro. And I'm Tim McGee. So, Tim, I'm flying home yesterday from Barcelona. Felt kind of cool to say that, by the way. <laughs> Working the entire time, so I'm on Wi-Fi, and I get a notification. And it's a notification to end all notifications for the sports biz notifications. Shocking notification. Now, just a quick reminder that our last show was called Live Long and Prosper, <laughs> which I think is kind of funny. But And, and I'm actually going to one-up that one with this, uh, yeah. this week's headline. Uh, but, but So I'll go ahead and stop there because normally I would just turn it over to you, but I had to give that a little introduction. But I will stop there and just say, hey, anything you want to talk about? <laughs> Well, first of all, I need to know, was I the one who get, cause I sent you a text. No. It, so you had heard before that. You, you right, sent, well. you, you, the notifications were coming through. I, I, honestly, I was wondering if it was like, is this true or someone leaked a story that wasn't there because, you know, in the sports world and, and, you know, various, you know, silly season type of things, things can be said, but this one obviously grabbed my attention. I started looking for everything I could. And then that's when I got a text from you as I was over the Atlantic and um, it was, and obviously we started talking about how that was going to play into this week's show. So I guess it's good that we didn't record yesterday and, and gave it a little time to um, process as well as, you know, read a little more because obviously we had immediate feelings. Oh, by the way, I guess we should go ahead and tell people what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a fine wine, we've let it uh, air <laughs> and uh, breathe. For, right. uh, for for a day or so but um yeah so a shock to virtually everybody in the sports world right the announcement yesterday that live golf was going to merge with the dp world tour and the pga tour but you as we were preparing for the show for those of you who don't think we prepare we do you mentioned something that is not really being mentioned is that live golf is in effect going away Right. So it, it appears that the Saudi investment fund has 
taking all its money that it was investing in Live Golf, going all in uh, to be a major investor in the PGA Tour. And the, the ramifications of that are just, they're going to be felt for months, years, maybe decades. And I don't think that's hyperbole. No, it's staggering. Not just that it'll give us a lot of stuff to talk about and the sports business reporters a lot to talk about. It is an upheaval. I mean, we thought the live golf was a bit of an upheaval, and clearly it proved to be a disruptor, right? PGA had to change all kinds of things. Um, they had to add money. They had to find some ways around this. But this takes it to a whole new level and really does change the game. And there's so many ways to, to slice this story. Betrayal, hypocrisy, um, chasing the money, sports washing, all of those things that we've ever talked about live are now in this one story. And, and yeah, and, the point but, of, but, yeah. But, but, and, and, but they apply to Jay Monahan and the tour. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, they, so let, let's take a step back for a minute to a, almost a year to the day, right? Jay Monahan gave uh, an interview during a tournament. And one of his famous lines was, nobody on the PGA Tour has ever had to apologize for playing for the tour, or words to that effect, right? Mm -hmm. the, 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 the sentiment being is that live golf players, because they were taking Saudi money, would have to apologize for that, for taking money from a government which has been shown to have been involved in the 9-11 hijackings, which was shown everywhere but in a criminal court to be involved in the murder and dismemberment of the Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, right, who to this day treats women as second-class citizens, right? All of these things were known to Jay Monahan and the tour and were used as ways to criticize and condemn what Liv Goff and the people behind it like Greg Norman, like Phil Nicholson, like Bryson DeChambeau, and others, Patrick Reed, um, we just bought ourselves another lawsuit, knew or should have known. So the term hypocrisy, I, I don't know if there's a stronger word to use. There should be. At least based on the action, based on what he said and what happened, we should have a higher word. We should have a stronger word. Right invent one by the end of the show but listen it i mean it, what's not a surprise is that it was about money but i want to go back quickly to your point to make sure people understand where i was coming from about the you know lee live is no longer so when people say and, and DeShambo, who always has something funny to say that's clearly never accurate or even wise i don't think you know talking about like again it's kind of proving the point of what live did other than push the PGA to do what it did and ultimately make this the path that Monaghan and I suppose the rest of the Board of Governors of the PGA Tour felt was necessary to stop the threat of live, knowing they were playing poker with someone that had an endless stream of money, right? And that's the other thing Monaghan said in that, that infamous interview now that you cite, that you that there is no real business model in here, and we've covered this, you know, time and time again, that they had no, they could have continued to spend as long as they wanted. And it was like a wrestler that I think put the PGA Tour and Monaghan in particular 
put their arm behind their back and said, you know, say uncle. This is them not only saying uncle, but trying to do it with a smile as though it was the, the outcome that they were looking for all along. So, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, listen, litigation is not inexpensive. Do, does, do the Saudis have deeper pockets in the PGA Tour? Yes, absolutely. But at some point, litigation comes to an end, right? There's either a settlement or the court finds in favor of one side or the other. Right. So I, listen, I get we're not privy to the financials. Would it have bankrupted the PGA Tour? Maybe that's what Jay Monahan was concerned about. Yes, I, I think that's a big piece of it. And they looked at the long road. He looked at the long road and said, what can happen here? Who knows what who knows what discovery would have discovered? We knew about. You know, and I think the feeling was that the PGA Tour was in a better position legally, um, at least as it pertains to the discovery, because we knew that the public investment fund, which now basically owns the tour, um, had been bankrolling uh, or owning Live, uh, did not want to show anything at discovery. So they had been battling that. Now all those things go away. And now everybody feels so great. So who knows what the hell they were threatening uh, that that may come out. I'm not suggesting anything. I have no idea, but you know, maybe it was an exercise that the tour didn't want to go through any more than the sovereign wealth fund or the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia. Um, I listen it, it, again. No surprise that money ruled the day here, and obviously there's a big cash in. But the fact that no one knew, and this is why it was a big surprise. Normally, we hear these things leaked a little bit. We hear some rumors. Is this a possibility? I've never seen something tighter uh, held, and it happened seemingly more quickly than what this happened, which is why it was such a big shock to everybody and, and why I think there are so many emotions um, around this. So, you know, I think where Monaghan could sit there um, along with now who looks to be his boss, um, Yasir Al-Ramayan, I'm not sure exactly how he pronounces his, his full last name, um, but who runs that that public investment fund, he's kind of the guy at the head of the table, and Jay has the CEO seat. Greg Norman was not anywhere near this discussion. He was not part of the negotiation. I think he wasn't aware of what was going on. So I, I'm assuming his days are numbered as a, a live golf. So when people say now there will be a live golf and there will be, a, there's not, there's, I guess, going to be one giant tour that might have different machinations and so forth, but it's not unlike the NASCAR model where you have a cup series, you have Xfinity, you have a truck series. So maybe you have a team series, you have the tour, right? Domestically and internationally because DP world tour is involved. Maybe you have even a, a women's entity, right? Because before all this went down, live golf was talking about starting a women's golf initiative. Um, so, so who knows what's going to come of this? The fact remains that, you know, the term you used, uh, you know, there was no leaks, right? Players were blindsided. Uh, that was a term that Rory Gallagher used. He said he knew about the conversations, but the deal, he said he felt he was blindsided. Now, when you look at the two tour players who were, hey, I know you want to, I, I know you want to turn, I know you want to turn Rory from a, from a regular, from a Northern Irishman to a Irishman, but I, you know, I don't think you can call him Rory Gallagher. No. Well, so a brief aside, first of all, my father's side is from County Antrim, which is in Northern Ireland. Oh. 
And my mother's maiden name is Gallagher from Donegal, which virtually all the Gallagher's come Mary from. Catherine Gallagher. Yes. Um, and given the fact that I have a one, a singular eyebrow, as do the Gallagher brothers, there's a very good chance that somewhere back in Donegal, we were, we, you know, our families. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm buying together. I'm buying so, I'm down with that. But but you look at the two players, right, that were put front and center by the tour as the biggest critics of live golf, right? And you have Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. Rory McIlroy turned down $400 million, I believe, if the numbers was correct, mm -hmm. that was reported. Tiger, depending on the reports you read, anywhere from three quarters of a billion to a billion dollars turned down and was then asked to become the face of tour golfers or the faces of tour golfers to come out and criticize these live golf players. I mean, my gosh, uh, as if Tiger Woods doesn't uh, have enough problems with his legs. Now they were chopped out from underneath him by Monaghan. Mm -hmm. Well, what'll be interesting is, and, and recall that Tiger led that tour player meeting that didn't include Jay, but it was basically to get everybody on board to stay, right? to tow the company line. And then... Subsequent to that, they announced their Tomorrow Golf Initiative between, you know, Tiger and Rory with the tour as part of it. Right. Now, I'm guessing that becomes part of this thing and everybody's happy. And, uh, you know, so th those guys will be fine money-wise. But it certainly, it certainly makes them look a little foolish. And I'm not sure Rory looks any better when he says, listen, all I wanted was this all to come together. And for the, you know, now they're touting the good of the game line a little bit. I, I think they want live to be done, and I think it kind of is, and it's, it certainly is in its current state. And and I still think he has some animosity to those players that went. But the players that went should look back at those guys and said, "What? What? Why did you tow the line? You kind of look foolish." And and I think they do in a way because we all can, we all somewhat held them out for having some principled views and not going over to take that take that money. Here's the, here's, the, here's the difference, though. I, I, what I would say is if you were a tour player who stayed and you continue to play on the tour, yes, you will benefit from that Saudi money indirectly. But you won't necessarily benefit from it directly as the players who left the tour to go join Live Golf, right? Well, I think so I would not I would not begrudge a tour player for continuing to play on the tour. This is their livelihood. I, I, they didn't have to go to Live Golf. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying that. And, and no, you no, may, I know you weren't, but I wanted to make that. Point. And you, you may be right. Although I think that might be, you know, a little bit generous to because we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the idea true, that true. the tour operates the way we've always known the tour to operate—no appearance fees and all that stuff—that could totally go away. It could be a totally different animal now. This new entity, um, with all the main golf interests kind of aligned under this, not just influenced by so so. It's not an outright ownership situation, uh, maybe like live, but clearly they basically bought the tour, and they and and had no problem just saying adios to live, right? And you always said that. How long are they gonna? I mean, clearly they wanted the you know to date somebody different all along, right? And and, and you know what? What they wanted in the beginning was to put the Saudi government and the country of Saudi Arabia in a more favorable light. And I think they failed miserably when they 
when they started Live Golf. But now they're a sponsor of the tour. So they will get the branding assets and hospitality assets and the business assets, right, that all of the other tour official marketing partners get. So they have been given the imprimatur of credibility by having that. Nice. So they're getting what they want. Now, I have to imagine at some point, and I'm not going to go so far as to make a prediction, but I would not be surprised if the IRS looks at their nonprofit status at this point. Well, they're going profit. They're admitting they're going profit. That's part of the change here. It's a for-profit business now. You don't want, you know, and so it just, it heaps hypocrisy on top of hypocrisy right. on top of hypocrisy because the tour has always lauded its, its efforts and its results in raising money for charity. And, and that was why they kept their nonprofit status. And so now, now you're a beneficiary of a tour. Do you want to take money that is in some ways blood money? Uh, and if you're if you're one of the if you're one of the people who runs a 9/11 charity and I know some of these people and I want to reach out and talk to them do you and I I this I will predict that at some point Monahan will come out and the tour will come out and they'll say they're going to be making efforts to reach out to the 9/11 community and I'd be shocked if the 9/11 community takes money from these people because he sat there last year and talked about the people that he knew that were impacted yeah. by 9/11. Yeah, they they, they they won't they won't take money, and that would be a foolish effort to make that a part of it, whether they reach out in some other PR way or not. Uh, who knows? Listen, I, I you know Jay basically made the deal. He got appointed the CEO, but at a certain point, you know, unless unless Tiger and Rory and a couple others really get behind. I don't think he's I actually do think he's short lived and I don't know how long it'll be, but the Saudis will not care if they see trouble in River City. They'll cut him, too. Um, so, you know, I, and I don't I want to I want to go back to something you said. I, I feel like it's well beyond just a sponsorship. Um, I think it's I mean, the, the, their guy is basically the head guy. Monaghan basically works for him is, is the way this feels to me. And so they they're going to have a controlling interest and and, and they're aggressive in business. I want to go back to the sports washing thing a little bit, too. And, and we do throw that term around probably a little more than than maybe it should, because the reality is, is every sports commission across this country or every country that does. Um, that that invests in trying to attract that that's to some degree sports washing right you're trying to you're trying to utilize sports to create an image or advance your interests or promote your there's a big, I, I, I'm, I agree I agree there's a big difference between what I call the halo effect borrowing equity and trying to trying to uh, sports wash your involvement in murder human rights abuses, the greatest attack on American soil in the history of this country. Um, I, I, I was, I was about to go there because I do so, agree with you. I just wanted, I just wanted sorry. to set the table for, no, no, no. I, I completely understand where you're, where, you know, what you're saying there. Uh, you know, one of the people that I think is one of the best strategists in this business is a, is a gentleman by the name of Terrence Burns who has been involved in 
uh, a number of Olympic movements. And he's, he's, he's as tied into the global sports scene as anybody. He wrote something really interesting. And he said, listen, he actually called sports washing a bit of a lazy term okay. um, that is thrown around a little too much, which I think is fair to say. And he, and he said, money is where this is going to go. And it's always going to kind of go toward the money. And I agree with him on those points. Where I disagree is to what you just said, is that there is there is there does seem to be an effort to say well rather than make the type of changes that say the united nations would expect or or countries from the west such as the united states would expect saudi arabia to make uh, in the way they deal with women and and uh in uh, the lgbtq community and and the like is let's just keep throwing money at it because we have the money to do it and make it so advantageous for people to want to do business here and they and they, and they make that happen. Now, listen, I work very deeply in the Formula One space right now. Uh, and there is a lot of money coming in from the Middle East, including Saudi Arabia, to conduct several Grand Prix there. And so I'm in some degree, I guess I'm or in some ways, I guess I'm a part of that a little bit as well. Um, I, I, and I don't think these countries shouldn't be allowed to host events. I don't think they shouldn't be allowed to invest where they want to invest. Um, but that doesn't mean that we, as you know, people that, uh, or countries or governments that at least claim to support um, human rights across the board, um, that we aren't going to support them, at least have the voice to say that this is what's going on or, or this is how it's conducted. So, uh, you know, I'd like to think I will continue to, to be able to share uh, my opinions on that, but but understand that the world of sports is truly global, and where there is money, people are going to want to try to take advantage of it for the means that are important to them. Well, here's the other thing. At least in this instance, what what has happened is the Saudis have been rewarded for sports washing. And okay, uh, point well taken. That maybe it's a lazy term, but what they have shown is that they're getting what they want by putting money into a situation where money is appreciated. So so now, if you're FIFA, you have a little bit of air cover when you're deciding what country gets the 2030 World Cup. So if you're in Fatino, you say, well, you know, look, look at PGA Tour, DP World Tour, biggest golf tours the in the world. The ends of integrity in sports. They, they did it. They, they, they said it's okay. Yeah. And then if I'm in Fatino, I say, well, you know, and we'll try to use it for positive change, just as we try to use Qatar for positive change, which is, you know, laughable. Yeah. A couple, couple, thi couple things. Uh, you know, my mind is going so many places with this. You know who predicted this merger a year ago? And I'll give you a hint. It wasn't me. <laughs> who? Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump. I don't know if it was. It must have been on True Social. Said something to the effect is that there will be a merger of this great organization and the dishonest PGA Tour. Yeah. Well, I, but it, but and I've seen his quotes since this happened, and I and I still I could be wrong because obviously he was in pretty close with um with the Crown Prince, yep. um, as was his son-in-law um, during his. Uh, uh, administration and i think post and after yeah so and he obviously live is playing on um trump owned courses or trump back courses and uh the tour pulled from from courses but this is where i think people are missing the story 
And it's kind of to DeChambeau's point or, you know, Norman is not one to shut up. And we have heard nothing from Norman as of now. I imagine by the time this airs, maybe Norman will have had a statement out. Trump, of course, put out a statement because he puts out statements all the time. We know that. Um, that this is a big thing. And I guess he thinks there are going to be uh, tournaments there. And maybe there are. But we don't know what the what the deal is. And, and I, I think that this what this shows, and from whatever little experience I have dealing in, in these markets, is it's business and it's like business business it's not business and i have a relationship with you and even though now i have a better relationship i'm going to take care of you i don't think they're thinking about it like who are all the people i need to say oh we're still going to have these team competitions oh arlo white's a great announcer we're going to keep him i don't think they care they now have what they wanted complete oh, yeah. legitimacy and yes. the two main tours, the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour, they basically have, and Brooks is going to come back and play. Now he can play with only the couple tournaments he wants because that will be part of this. And whether I agree with you, maybe that will be something, they'll have some team competition, which will be like what what um, our friend Sean Gleason talked about uh, when he was on talking about the team thing that they're developing. And that's what it is. It's a secondary series. Yeah. Well, uh- you know, and, and Bubba Watson and Bubba Watson will play on it because he loves those team names. Right. <laughs> it might be the only guy in America who does. So what I would say is we are we have been talking, the media has been talking, everybody involved has been talking as if this is a fait play. Hmm. The board, the players board of the tour has to vote on this. Uh, now I've heard anecdotally that Rory will support it. But there is, I guess, there is an outside chance that the that the board may vote this down, in which you know, bar the door, Katie. Who knows what happens then? Uh, with regard to Norman, he may be quiet because he's been paid very handsomely to be quiet, and maybe they are taking some time to develop a statement uh, that he can put out that the Saudis are happy with, that Jay is happy with, that everybody is happy with. Um, you mentioned a friend of the show, Sean Gleason. I want to mention another friend of the show who I think has, again, been hung out to dry on this, which who's Mark Lazarus, right? Came on the show last year, full-throated support of the PGA Tour, right? And now now he and Pete Pavacqua and the rest of the folks at NBC Sports have got to figure out how they're going to handle this, right? Um, and that goes for the guys that, you know, CBS and, um, you know, ESPN. whoever, and ESPN and, and, you know, the Golf Channel. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so everybody was hung out to dry on this. Everybody. Yeah, it truly is. Um, I'm actually reading, as we said, Rory came out somewhat in support. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this quote that I'm seeing right now, which Rory always says things in a, in a pretty good way, I think, and he tends to try to take the high road. At least I feel he does. We, as we Irish like to say, he has the gift of gab. Yeah. Um, but this sounds, I don't know, quote, all I've wanted to do is protect the aspirational nature of the PGA Tour. The company sits above everything. Anyone involved with Live now answers to Jay. Whether you like it or not, the PIF, is going to keep spending money in golf. Now the PGA Tour is getting control how that money is spent. Would you rather have one of the biggest sovereign wealth funds as a partner or an enemy? 
at the end of the day, money talks and you'd rather have them as a partner. Okay, that's all fair and logical and good and smart and and a good explanation of what happened and that the 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 mind bend that Jay Monahan had to go through probably to get there, right? That kind of channels what you'd think Monahan was thinking. Um, and and going back to that interview that we've talked about now, that was the PR position. They threw him onto an interview, and let's be honest, Jay obviously has done a lot of good things as commissioner. Being a being a a, a front man and on camera is not his forte. It's not he's not that comfortable doing interviews. I don't think. Right. Um, not that a lot of not that all commissioners are, by the way. It's not necessarily um, you know why they're hired to do it. But you could tell he was uncomfortable in that in that moment. And his CNBC um, uh, interview, along with the you know with the the head of the um, PIF, was he looked a little uncomfortable to me too. But he was saying these similar lines. And now all of the all of the craziness and the and the um, you know the the anxiety over these um, lawsuits and so forth all goes away, and every and all is good now. Well, well I want to go back to Rory's statement for just a moment. And listen, I think it's I think it is uh, it's a good statement for what it says. But the one thing I would take possible exception to is it presumes when he says that Jay will determine how that money is spent. We don't know that. We do not. And that that is where that is where the rubber will hit the road with this investment I, by the PIF. Well, I should I should add that he also is reportedly um, quoted as saying. Live has got nothing to do with this. I still hate Live. I hate them, <laughs> which is freaking funny shit. Oh, you know, when, when, when my father died, one of the things that was left to me in his will were all the grudges he held. <laughs> um, don't F with an Irishman when it comes to holding a grudge. Um, oh. You know, if you don't believe me, go watch Banshees of Inishir. <laughs> uh, man, what a movie. Love it. Another... <laughs> That's a that's a wait what sports biz chat movie recommendation for those who haven't seen it. Yes, it's awesome. Not a comedy. You yeah. might think it is based on the um, there's some there's some based really on the trailers. In it. There's some funny moments in it. They call it a dark comedy. By the way, when did the definition of dark comedy get so dark? There's a lot of movies called dark comedies. I'm like, yeah, no, that was that was a dark drama with some comedic moments. Yeah, it was, um, it was wonderful. Which is. Which is really the the Irish experience for the last five hundred years. So don't get me started um, on on the uh, on the Irish experience. So what um, has Phil said anything over the last couple of days? Because Phil was Phil was kind of going. He's saying um, he tweeted something. Uh, Victor Victor Hovland would be a perfect person. He's basically recruiting some of these guys. He's having he's in this massive Twitter dispute with. Um, Randall Chambly, which is just kind of funny to follow. And they've talked about a debate, but Chambly now, where, where, where does he go? I mean, he's going to have to go ape shit on the tour, I think, given all the stuff he said about the Saudis and live and so forth. You know, it's not unlike a, a political campaign where two guys, whether they're vying for each other in a, in a primary or going against each other in, a, you know, more likely in a primary because they're of the same party where they beat the hell out of each other for the duration of the campaign. And then afterwards they make nice. Right. So th this is not unlike that. 
But so what is it, I'm yeah, looking at and, and so and then the staffers of the individual people that really wore it on their sleeve, you know, are the players in that regard because it it this really did feel I mean, listen, it was golf, first of all, and we did get way bent out of shape because it was an there are so many different dynamics to it. And then have, you know, all of a sudden to play nice. This is why I think it's hard for the uh the players. And I and I don't know. I mean, I'm I am curious to what Mickelson position brooks doesn't i mean i think brooks has his issue with a lot of people i don't know what he's going to say i think he's just looking forward to the u.s open right and patrick reed will probably sue somebody else just <laughs> for grins um dechambeau dechambeau is going to be welcome back because he's one of the best players in the world right but he'll keep I, I think he'll be thinking he's playing in a live tournament i'm not sure i'm excited to have cam smith back playing because he was he was the one by the way, that I've said this before, he was the biggest disappointment to me. Dustin Johnson, he, he's not the you know he wanted to play less. It, it was easy one for him. Right. Kepka was in a weird place. It was you know he, he probably wasn't feeling the vibe. Reed, no one really cared about, um, and some of these other guys took the money. Harold Varner Jr. Then that's a guy I actually respect. He took the money, but explained why he did it. And had more reason money wise to do it than say Phil or or DJ. And I think he will be welcome back big time. He had a win recently on Live. Uh, he's a very engaging young man to follow. And um, you know, that he he's one that I think will will be an interesting one to watch in the future on the whatever the tour, I guess. I, I don't even know what this thing's gonna be called. Yeah. So a couple of things. One, I don't know if Phil has given any interviews, but his only tweet in the last day was awesome day today with a link to the CB CNBC yeah. article about it. Um, you're talking about these players being welcomed back with open arms. It reminds me of a great movie from late 90s, early 2000s, Gro uh, Gross Point Blank mm -hmm. with John Cusack, where he plays a, yeah. plays a hitman. Yeah. Um, and there's one scene where he's in a gunfight with Dan Aykroyd who's trying to get him to come back into the fold in their organization. And he goes... Uh, come on back. Well, um, you know, you can join. We'll have we'll have meetings. And John Cusack stands up and starts shooting. No meetings. So that was one of his conditions for rejoining. So I'm wondering if one of the preconditions for these guys rejoining the tour is that they're going to be able to continue to play in shorts. Um, although I think I speak for most golf fans when I say um, it, it would not be a bad thing if we don't have to see Phil Mickelson ever in shorts. No. Now, although he does like to show off his uh, calves because he does a lot of calf work, apparently. The the other argument that I'm hearing, and, and we'll, we're going to take a break here in a little bit and we'll come back and we may talk more about this or we may talk about a couple of things. I have no idea. Um, but is one of the first arguments I heard was this validates everything that Greg and Phil were pushing for. They wanted this world thing. I, I uh, Other than the fact that we all have to admit that they definitely disrupted and pushed the PGA Tour to do some things that, honestly, if they knew this payday was coming, they wouldn't have done, right? They would have, you know, I think if they thought this was a possibility then, they probably wouldn't have made those changes when they did and wait for this type of thing to come. But I don't think it was their attitude or anything to do with this 54-hole game with shorts. Um, uh, it was that had nothing to do with, like, it had to come here. It was, it was a chance it was a, a, a point where the pga tour and i guess in conjunction with dp world tour said this is going to be a brutal ass fight there might be an opening here let's just do away with that thing and get the money for ourselves 
And that seems to me what happened, but we will see as the story unfolds. You know, Occam's razor says that the yeah. simplest explanation yeah. is usually the, the right one. I would, I would wait what your ass on Occam's razor, but a good friend of mine that we lost, few months ago unfortunately was was my occam's razor guy and we always love talking that so i'm oh. with you on that i won't even wait what you on that it would have been a good time for it but yeah i had a couple of wait what moments and you and i served them up and you didn't take any of them I, we're, we're getting we're getting out of practice well you know, I, I expect a lot out of you. It's got to be, it's got to be big. At least I acknowledged um, that that could have been one. I mean, I'm, I expect, I expect them big things from you, Tim. All right. Well, thank you. I, All hope right. I, don't, I hope I don't disappoint too much. No. All right. Let's take a little break here. And like All I right. said, I don't know what we're going to talk about. So, so. We're back. I had to go get a new stick because mine broke from beating the dead horse. Um, but before we move on from golf, a couple of positive things. I know you have one you'd like to share, but um, you know, I was saying when we were we were on break that I'm I'm going to hit pause on watching men's golf right now. Um, but boy, am I excited about Rose Zhang, who just joined the LPGA after uh, finishing her career at Stanford. First women's player in over 70 years, I believe since 1951, uh, to win her first tournament um, professionally uh, after coming from the amateur ranks. So she looks very much to be the real deal. Um, you know, uh, comparisons have been made to Tiger um, coming out of the gate so strongly, being an All-American at Stanford. There's any number of different uh, points by which you can compare her to Tiger. Obviously, that's a big burden for her to carry, and it's very early to say that she's going to be the female version of Tiger, but first impressions have been overwhelmingly positive. But you had some... Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of Stanford, because obviously she was, you know, pretty critical to a very uh, successful and historically successful women's golf team. But I do want to give a shout out to my alma mater, because this year... The Demon Deacons of Wake Forest University women's golf team, and people know Wake Forest in a lot of ways for their history of, of uh, great men's golfers, uh, but the women won the national championship this year, beating USC in the in the final match, pretty dominantly, by the way. Um, so uh, a real uh, big congratulations to the uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacon women's golf team. Um, was really proud of them, and, and Stanford, of course, was in the mix, but... Uh, we took on all comers and ended up with the trophy. So, um, congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Um, shortly before we came on the air today, there was a huge announcement in major league soccer. Uh, it had been rumored it was on, it was off, it was on again. Uh, but Lionel Messi is going to be leaving Paris, uh, St. Germain and joining inter Miami, um, in major league soccer. Um, watershed moment for the league. Um, there have been other great players who have come over um, from European football to join MLS, uh, most notably David Beckham, um, who joined LA Galaxy and is now the owner of Inter-Miami, which was part of the deal when he came over. Um, T 
Thierry Henry, who played for New York Red Bulls. Uh, Blanco was a Mexican player, came to Chicago Fire. Wayne Rooney. Um, the list goes on and on. But this is, uh, you know, Messi is the GOAT, right? Um, and I think it's safe to say that when he steps on the pitch with Inter-Miami, he will be the best player on the pitch by far every time out. Um, yeah. And unlike the other players that I mentioned, um, he's getting uh, he's getting money from Adidas. Uh, he's rumored to be getting a cut of any new Apple uh, plus MLS subscriptions. He's getting money from the league. He's obviously uh, getting money from the team. Um I have had the pleasure of seeing him play a couple times in person. Um, and the way I describe Messi is that he can do things on the pitch that his avatar in FIFA uh, video game can't even do. Yeah. That's how and amazing just a, he is. Just, just a genius of a player and just so much fun to watch. And no matter when, no matter what you're watching, at any match you're watching he, him play in, it's not that every game he's going to, you know, score or that but he will do something amazing in the match right yep. there will be a moment that you just go what you might even say wait what you should yeah. um a couple things it's kind of interesting because so many of these things tie together um we had talked about him uh going to uh enter obviously uh earlier guests this year because when mm -hmm. we first heard about it we had, we had talked about that possibility but there were also rumors that you know just like with ronaldo does he go to a PIF back team or own team, right? And certainly he was offered the money. You know that. Oh yeah. You know yeah. that he there he could have gone really anywhere. But one of his the team where the world really got to know this genius of a player was when he played for FC Barcelona, mm -hmm. um, or as I like to say, FC Barcelona, because of my time there recently. Mm -hmm. um, as I was driving back on. Sunday uh, to the hotel and was arriving uh, near there. There was a huge crowd of people gathered and there was a bus that said FCB with the famous world famous logo. Mm -hmm. And it was the women team coming back uh, after clinching uh, the women's La Liga. And that was a really cool moment to see. So oh, awesome. talking about the, the, the success they've had with packing comp new no, with 90,000 people at an El Clasico match. Um, uh, and then to see that kind of regard. Now, listen, if it was the, the men's squad having, um, you know, just come back from their championship, which they won as well, um, you know, who knows what the throngs would have been. But it was kind of a cool moment. Um, and then on to wrap this, um, one thing I wanted to talk about with, because you mentioned uh, Mark Lazarus and NBC, but one of the investments that that Mark was most proud about was the Premier League uh, coverage that they have. They have the rights in the U.S. to uh, uh, Premier League football, and they had a great year. And I wanted to congratulate them on that. So it was up three uh, percent, um, and um, you know their numbers uh, are moving in a, in an interesting direction as that league, I think, gains a few more followers here. Uh, and people start understanding the true global nature of what this sport is versus just kind of the provincialism of the individual league. So um, uh, for those of you that that uh, out there that follow football, you know that Premier League is is pretty much uh, the top shelf of this and you may have a team. But for those of you who don't and want to watch some pretty darn good football and competitive football, it's a good league to watch. And NBC and Peacock have it.
yeah, a bunch of a uh, bunch of clubs coming over here to play friendly matches over the summer. So you don't have to go over to the UK to to watch them play. So what do you think? Should we wrap it up, partner? I suppose. I mean, I guess. Listen. I mean, in terms of what we're looking for, obviously, we're going to be following this story um, uh, pretty uh, intently. And I'm, I'm, you know, curious as to. Um, I know you're not going to be watching men's golf, but part of me <laughs> thinks maybe I, I will find a way. But you know, hey, we also have what it could be shaping up for a great NBA final. So hopefully, I'll catch in a couple games of that. Yeah, um, you know, and and. Uh, Somewhat surprisingly, uh, ratings have been very good for the uh, Stanley Cup Finals as well. Um, although uh, Las Vegas looks like uh, they're going to be very tough to beat, um, but I think we've seen from earlier rounds, uh, it, it, you know, to quote um, Yogi Berra, "It ain't over till it's over." Did, did did I see that that Florida has yet to win a game? And I mean, obviously, it's been a very successful organization, but they have yet to win a Stanley Cup game. Final. Final game, yeah. Finals game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Game in the finals, yeah. Yeah, they got swept by Colorado. The yeah. only other time they were in there, so, um, you know. But listen, as as a as an Islander fan, um, making you know, I, I appreciate team making it to the final. My, my beloved Islanders haven't made one in almost forty years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, a uh, lot to watch. But uh, until next time, please uh, please listen, follow, comment, share. We love the feedback. So until next time, he's DP, I'm McGee, and we'll talk soon.